existence In existence, join the resistance Come on, let's start by talking tactics Have a pass and match this Here's how we practice This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick Riccardi. And this week we're doing... Top 10 80s movies, right? Yeah, our top 10 80s movies. And I'm going to mention right off that I cheated because I basically have 20. I'm hoping that... I'm going to read my top 10, but I will also read my alternate 10 later. I'm hoping that you pick some of the ones that I left off because I think realistically they're movies that should be in my top 10 and that I've watched more than others, but I'm, I have a feeling you picked a couple of them at least. And I kind of wanted to not just have us repeat each other's lists. Well, I want to make it very clear. I picked very, very few. And by few, I think maybe one uh, serious movies. So, yeah. And I, th- and that's what I figured. And so I tried to go the other way. Um, although I have some comedies too, but I mean, there were some that uh, pained me to take off, but I was like, Pat is probably going to do that. So, um, anyway, it was, it was hard picking, like you think, uh, eighties movies, how many good ones are there, but there's quite a few. So there's a lot of cultural touch tones, but there's also some uh, comedies that are really, really funny. So I, I stuck with comedies and action movies because eighties did those really well. Uh, I guess the, I looked at the Academy Award nominees and there's, of course, all the movies are good, but they they weren't movies I want to talk about that much. And I, I'm sure they're better the, better movies than the movies I picked, but they're definitely not my favorite movies. I think in the 2000s, if we look at Oscar nominees for the 2000s, there's more movies that are my favorite. And I don't think it's because I'm more mature. I just think in the 80s, they did silly movies better than serious movies. They for sure did. I didn't even look at the Oscar picks, but... There's yeah, some I, good stuff. I mean, there's... Spoiler alert, these aren't on my list, but like Gandhi's a great movie. Gandhi's great, but how often are you going to watch Gandhi? Yeah. To be honest, Tootsie, too. This is a fun movie. That was nominated. And, you know, the the this might be on your list. Raging Bull is, is a, a cinematic masterpiece, but I didn't want to put it on my list. Oh, yeah. I went a different way with Scorsese, but we'll get to that. Um, oh, King of Comedy. Yeah, uh, almost. <laughs> eh, let's not jump the gun. Um, you want to go first with your number 10? All right, I'll go with my sole serious choice, and I, I didn't watch. I tried. I tried a little bit to stick to movies that I actually watched in the '80s, not movies I found later, just because it was. That's the rule I decided to keep to. But this one I didn't watch till probably 2002 or something like that. But it's and my most serious movie on the list, and one of the reasons I picked it is because Earl Morris went on to do even better. A better documentary. Oh, I'm so glad this, you picked this one. This was on my uh, alternate. Go ahead. And your alternates were supposed to be comedies that I was supposed to pick, so good <laughs> thing I picked this one. Anyway, Thin Blue Line, not only is it a fantastic documentary, really well done, the first that he did that I know of, I think it's his first, maybe there's... No, the, he, did, the, he did some earlier stuff like uh, Gates of Heaven and Vernon, Florida and stuff, but yeah, this was a, his huge breakthrough. Is Gates of Heaven the, the Pet, Pet cemetery, cemetery one? Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if that came after this, but anyway... Uh, fantastic documentary his breakthrough it got the guy off death row and it's really well done and it's he's done great things since then and I, I have i don't think he's done anything lately but he's he's great so yeah thin blue line is my number 10 yeah that's perfect um yeah i that was almost my number 10 as well um so that's cool that you picked that and uh my number 10 is not serious at all and i will go 
on the record and say, I know that. So wait, before you say your number 10, I'm going to say right now, if you pick something that's on my list, I'm going to replace it with one of my others. Okay. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good thing. And I'll do the same. Um, my number 10, I will say right off the bat, I understand this movie does not hold up plot wise. Um, acting wise, it never held up. Um, and there's some weird misogyny, but wait, I thought you said you didn't pick Gandhi. Oh yeah. No, no. Uh, there is lots of misogyny in Gandhi, but that's not the one it's uh, purple rain simply for the performance sequences. And also I can't pretend that I didn't see the thing a million times in the theaters when it came out. And the, I mean, really the only reason to watch it is the performance sequences. And maybe if you like looking at like glitzy eighties, new wave club people, but uh, this is where I fell in love with Prince. And I remember going to see it alone in the theaters because uh, my friends were too cool to like Prince. But uh, I don't remember. I, I guess I was too young. I, I, I feel like Prince was just everybody. So I, I, I was too young and I was never really a part of like heavy metal or punk rock group. Was, right, right. Which is who I was hanging out with at right. the time. So although I did, I think I mentioned it before, I did go over to one of my like metalhead friends house once and like we're, i was looking at his records i was like dude you have purple rain and and he was like all sheepish and he's like yeah i was like dude put that on so i think they did like it and just wouldn't admit it you know mm-hmm. um anyway yeah purple rain is my number 10 r.i.p r.i prince number nine r.i.p.r rest in purple rain number nine uh do, are we I'm just going first. Are we? Rotating? Yeah, yeah. No, you go first. Okay, so this is the tie. It's kind of, it's not necessarily a tie. That maybe if I put the list together, these movies would be in different order. But I, they're kind of from the same place. And when I think of one, I always think of the other. And that is Hollywood Shuffle. And I'm going to get you, sucker. Oh shit, Hollywood Shuffle. That's a good one. I'm going to get you, sucker. I don't remember as well, but go ahead. Uh, if I had to pick one, it would probably be Hollywood Shuffle. But they're both from similar places. Hollywood Shuffle is, is more satire on on uh, black people in movies in general. And I'm going to get you sucker is a straight black exploitation film satire, but they're both a lot of fun and they're worth, I, I, you know, I haven't seen them in a while, but I am, I'm going to say they hold up. Yeah. Back when, uh, back when the superior Wayans were doing uh, satires before the younger uh, brothers got into the act. I haven't seen the brothers, like the, the white girls and that, that stuff and scream. And yeah, Oh, they did a scream. That's kind of. I don't know. I feel like. Not scream. Did, but... It's not scream. Scream is a real. Movie, oh yeah, scary right? movie. Sorry. I bet that's pretty funny. I just haven't seen. It. But anyway, it's not. Uh, the... <laughs> Howard Shuffle is is Robert Townsend, and uh, it's just a movie about an actor trying to get a job in Hollywood, and really fun, silly, and uh, it's good. I'm gonna get you sucker is a, a little less uh, earnest, heartfelt. Yeah. It's still, it's still, I think I'm going to get you suck is where the one rib joke comes from. Or is that something else? Is that coming to America? Don't even know what you're You know what I'm talking about? The, yeah. the Chris Rock goes into the place and it's a new rib place. And uh, the guy's like, it costs this much for a rack of ribs. And Chris Rock's like, I just want one rib. No, I, I think I probably saw I'm going to get you suck at once. And so I don't remember much about it at all. Whereas yeah, Hollywood is... Shuffle, I watched on like cable all the time. I was on cable. I don't know. Maybe. I'm not sure if anyway that is from I'm gonna get you sucker. Anyway, both movies are fun. I I would uh, we should do an episode of uh, one of those versus some modern silly silly satire movie. But 
both very good. And uh, they kind of, uh, Robert Townsend didn't go as far. I mean, you still see him around. Sometimes he kind of was around a lot in the 80s and 90s and then kind of disappeared. But the Wayans brothers, the, they, a whole empire was created from that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you thought Robert Townsend was going to be like an auteur. And he was really like, I mean, he was talking about like black roles in Hollywood and stuff that was kind of more important than just satire. But right. Yeah. Although there there was plenty of like goofiness in that movie as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, um, uh, Hollywood Shuffle is where uh, sneaking into the movies came from. Yes, yep, exactly, because he did that skit in there. And mm. also, uh, this ain't the Poop Butt League. And, <laughs> I don't remember that. I remember uh, his line in the movie or somebody, I, I think it was his line. It was somebody's line. Um, you killed in my brother. He was my only brother. <laughs> they were talking about how stupid that was. Anyway, yeah, that's a good pick. Um, my number nine is With Nail and I. Wow. British comedy uh, starring Richard E. Grant and uh, some other dude, as I. Uh, but yeah, about just this loudish, drunken uh, fuck-up. They're like both acting students or drama students. And uh, and his friend, his friend's like uncle has a cabin in the woods. They decide to get away from uh, London for a bit where they're all getting paranoid and shit and uh, take a trip to the country. And it's shenanigans uh yeah i really liked i loved this movie from the first moment i saw it like more subtle british humor i guess than like than monty python or something but um Mm -hmm. written by bruce robinson who also oh shit that just reminded me fuck i'm gonna have to change my list because you know what can i switch with nail and i now for another bruce robinson movie (laughs) ah fuck it i'll put it on my alternate all right with nail and i is my number nine what was the what was the other one you want to talk well, about? He wrote the Killing Fields. Oh, and that's exactly like with Nell and I. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I've never movies. seen the Killing Fields, but I have seen with Nell and I, and I agree that's a great movie. Uh, Richard Grant, that's Richard the one. Richard Grant, name. yeah. And then there's the, I'm looking at his name. I uh, Paul McGann. The only thing I want to say about him is he also played Doctor Who very, very briefly. Oh, did he? Paul McGann, McGinn, mm-hmm. okay. McGann, yeah. I don't know if he's done much else, but he's definitely played Doctor Who for, I don't know, I think, bef- like, Doctor Who is huge now, but I think there's a time between when it came back with uh, Christopher Eccleston that it was kind of not really a thing, and that's when he he did it, so it was unfortunate. Uh, he probably still gets some sweet merchandising. Oh, and I'm sure when Ash. they have those episodes where all the Doctor Whos are in it, he's invited and he jumps on it. Well, it looks like he has a pretty big resume, so he's still working. Um, so uh, that was your number nine. nine. So I'm ex- up to number eight. This is a movie that might not hold up, and I, I think it probably does. Has lots of great lines. Uh, uh, yes, both nine and eight are movies I watched over and over again in in the eighties. I think I can say that for looking at yes, my entire list. Uh, this is I didn't. It wasn't a movie I saw in the theater, but I did catch it on cable. Black comedy called Heather's. Uh, I almost made my list as well, yeah. Started my love affair with both Christian Slater and Winona Ryder. The one with Winona Ryder went on a lot longer because she did more interesting things. Christian Slater kind of took a crap all over himself and didn't never recovered. He basically did this sort of Jack Nicholson acting style, and that's all he did. Yeah, he kind of ran it into the ground. He's like a nice guy. I don't know. I don't. Maybe he doesn't seem like a nice guy. I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's not. He's not throwing stuff 
in hotel rooms and beating people up. So I'm going to say Christian Slater's a nice guy. Yeah. Heather's, but Heather's, uh, is, a uh, is when you're, I think I was like, I forget when it came out, probably 88 or 89. Yeah. Yeah. Near the end of the eighties, I was a teenager, perfect age for this kind of dark comedy with it that not everyone's going to like. And it, it, uh, had lots of great lines that people still, repeat and sometimes i think people repeat them and don't remember what it's from like i love my dead gay son love my dead gay son is the number one yeah it's you're gonna see that on a, a meme on tumblr or something and it not necessarily in context of the movie and it doesn't really matter right but it's a and, fun movie yeah fuck me gently with the chainsaw mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and i yeah. haven't seen that uh probably in 15 years so i don't know if it holds up but i it, it might just be time and place, but it's a, it's definitely an eighties movie that should be on my top 10. Yeah. And it no, is. That, that's a good one. That, that was almost on my alternate and I had to make room. Although now I can take, uh, I can take thin blue line off my alternate and put killing fields there. So that's good. Um, gosh, we're talking about alternates. Oh, I know this podcast is going to go forever. My number eight is John Carpenter's the thing. Probably. My, the best horror movie, in my mind, ever made. Although it's more suspense, really, than horror. But it gets thrown in with horror. And uh, it was shit on heavily by critics when it came out. And then has attained the status of uh, of legend. But, you know, it's, it's considered, like, a seminal movie now. But back then, apparently, it was not well-received. And also did not do well at the box office. But, um... Kurt Russell, Wilford Brimley. Um, what's his name? Is it? Ah, fuck! I always forget. David. Is it Clark David? Ah, it doesn't matter. Great cast. Um, Clark David is the guy that was in the Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah, no, that's not. Yeah, I I don't know why I can't think of his name. Is this the guy from They Live? Yeah, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I forget his name too. Um. Anyway. Keith David. Keith David. Yeah. So. Uh. Have you seen it? Nope. So you've mentioned three movies, and I've seen one. You haven't seen Purple Rain? Uh, you got to watch Purple Rain, dude. And The Thing. And the th- Well, definitely The Thing, yeah. Uh, yeah, The Thing, and there's, like, you know, they're, like, horror movies have these jump scares all the time. There's one in this that is, like, legit. You will almost shit yourself. Um and the weird thing about it is, like, you kind of know it's coming, too, and yet it's still worth So, anyway, uh, this is a great movie, The Thing, my number eight. Number seven for me, as mentioned, I had a crush on Winona Ryder, and this is probably the movie that started it, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, and I won't say it again. Excellent, fun movie. Michael Keaton at his best. Alec Baldwin kind of in it. Gina Davis is always at her best because she's awesome and Winona Ryder. And uh, great, great uh, smaller parts by, uh, oh, I forget his name, the pedophile and his wife who's awesome, not his wife in real life, but on the, in the movie who's awesome. The Was pedophile? it Mal? Wasn't he? What? Who? The principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the the real estate agent or something. Yeah. No, no, not real estate agent. He, the real estate agent, lived in town. It was the art, the art manager. <laughs> you can't just say the pedophile, like I don't. Oh, because it's such a long list. You're God, right. There's so many. Beg your pardon. Sorry, Corey Hain. 
Uh, I well, yeah, Beetlejuice. It was fun. Yeah. I also wanted to mention about the thing that um, Catherine O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara, one of my crushes, which I think we mentioned on our SCTV episode. Um, one thing I want to mention about the thing that like the horror mostly comes from, like they get, it's a really isolated environment and they get super paranoid because you don't know if one of the other people or more than one of the other people has turned into something evil. Anyway, I forgot to mention that, but yeah, Beetlejuice saw that in the theater. Uh, what year was that? Do you know? 87, 86. Uh, you saw them in the theater. Oh yeah. So did I, uh, 88, 88. Oh, okay. All right. Um, that was your number seven. My number seven is do the right thing. A Spike Lee joint. And I... No, it's not the first Spike Lee movie I saw. I saw... Actually, I saw both School Days and She's Gotta Have It before this. But I thought they were kind of... Body da Yeah, I didn't I didn't think much of the other two, actually, to be honest. This one, um, I don't know how well it holds up. But I think it was... I mean, it was pretty eye-opening, in a way, for a major motion picture that got a lot of press. Mm-hmm. Um, to be about, you know, uh, racial relations in America. And uh, I remember Spike Lee saying at the time, like, um, he's like, people ask me, did Mookie do the right thing at the end when he threw the garbage can through the window? And he was like, but it's only white people who ask me that. <laughs> and it's kind of, I don't know, it's, it's pretty, uh, I don't know, you could watch it today, it probably seems pretty current. I think some of the acting may be a little stilted, but there's still some great people in it, like Giancarlo Esposito and John Turturro and stuff. So, Danny Aiello. Danny Aiello. Um, Spike Lee was never maybe the best actor. But but uh, he was the star. He, yeah, Mookie. Um, anyway, yeah. Do the right thing. You saw that one. Yep. Okay. So it's half. I've, I've seen half of yours, and you've seen all of mine multiple times, so I didn't choose make good choices. I'm going to change my number six. I, I'm not feeling it, so I'm going to change it to Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Oh, interesting. Um, I don't know. It, it was a really fun movie. I like how ahead of its time it was as far as animation and everything, and I really like – one of the things I really like about it it's a fun movie, but let's start with that. But I like that they brought all these properties together, and it's something that will probably never happen again. All these from disparate corporations that are able to somehow finagle it into one movie, and it's just something that's not going to happen that often. Yeah, Bob Warner Hoskins, Brothers and Disney. Mm-hmm. Bob Hoskins, always great, R.I.P. Yep, he was very, very good in it, and he's great in pretty much everything he ever does. So, yep, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Not a, I, I think it, it definitely holds up because it's kind of just a silly movie, but it's also – uh, it's it also has the element of of, of a it's a genre not a genre it's a period piece and I think that helps movies last longer because it's not it's not set in the period it's made in so it doesn't feel as dated when you watch it years later. No, and the animation could have been from any time during the run of animation. Right, and that really. the the combination animation and live action, which I guess they're having now with that new show with on Fox that I haven't. I haven't checked out yet, but it anyway, hasn't been on yet. Oh, they they're they played the pilot was on somewhere because they're talking about watch the second episode. But anyway, uh, it's uh, it's 
it's interesting that they did such a good job and it, it didn't really happen that much after it except for Cool World and I think that killed it. Yeah, and I mean it happened a little bit before. You know, this is definitely no Song of the South. No, that's true. The but I mean, done so well. Yeah. And uh, not racist. The only the only issue I ever had with Who Framed Roger Rabbit was the dude they got to do Roger Rabbit's voice, which I, I find... Charles Fleischer? I find him super annoying. I found the voice super annoying. <laughs> Well, it wasn't supposed to be, like, best friend, but I don't know about annoying. Uh, number six. My, my number six is Repo Man, hmm. starring a young Emilio Estevez and Harry Dean Stanton. And this was probably, uh, I don't, it wasn't the first, but it was one of the earliest, like, independent movies I saw back in the 80s. And it was just so fucking weird. Uh, if you don't know, it's about this dude who's a punk, Emilio Estevez, an 80s punk in Southern California who becomes a repo man. And there's a plot involving a car with some glowing material in the back that some crazy dude with one eyeglass shaded out is driving around in some old clunker. It gets it gets repossessed by the repo man. There's aliens and it's crazy. Um, written by Alex Cox, who did Sid and Nancy and some other stuff. So, do you like the movie? I I saw it later. I was probably in college, and I I mean I appreciate it for its weirdness, but I didn't really care for it that much. It just was. It felt like it was popular because of its weird. It was. It had a cult popularity because of its weirdness, and not much else. I no, I did definitely like it. Um, okay. Fuck! I just thought of another one. I forgot. This is crazy, dude. Um, I thought of a good one that I I. I might replace who who freed Roger Rabbit with right now. Tapeheads. Oh, John Cusack. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It doesn't matter. I just wanted to bring that one up because that's a cult movie I actually like. Yeah, produced I, by I'm, Michael Nesmith of the Monkees. Yeah, yeah, John Cusack and Tim Robbins, and it's totally ridiculous and silly. And what was the point? The plot. The, the plot of the movie was they 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 worked at a video store and all the videos got ruined and they had to refilm them. Or is that another movie? Oh, that that's a different movie. But yeah. Uh, that was one that we did with Jessica yeah. on this show. Yeah, that was a fun movie, too. Be kind, but, rewind. But Tapeheads is a great movie. Yeah, I'm hoping that John Cusack will make another appearance on your list, because if not, I'm going to have to substitute something. Um, but anyway, wait, oh, that was number six. Shit, we're fucking halfway done. So I'm going to have to like just read off really quick my um, alternates at the end of it. And then you can, too, if you have them. Um, but geez. So that's already 10 down. And no repeats. No repeats. That stinks because I was going to. And I haven't even seen all your movies. But to answer your question, I did like Repo Man. Um, I mean, I definitely liked the weirdness. And that was probably what attracted me at the beginning. Um, Mm -hmm. But also just that, you know, I was into punk and stuff. And there were not. It was something that was not really portrayed very well in movies in general. And I I think they did a a pretty good job of it. Um, There was another movie in the 80s called Suburbia, which I watched about a million times uh, by Penelope Spheris about like this group of punks who lived in this like abandoned house in the suburbs. And uh, and anyway, uh, it was the acting in that was atrocious. And but but I just loved it because it was punk. Um, And this. No, I've watched it recently because I got the Criterion uh, version of it. And I like it. It's. It's weird, but still 
it has ideas in it, so. That's cool. Uh, all right. Well, shit. We're going to take a break already, I guess? Yep. Yeah. We're not exactly going into uh, Ebert-style uh, dissection of these films, but everybody's <laughs> seen most of them anyway. And I don't have the intellect of Ebert anyway. And I don't have the eyesight of Ebert. You so, do have the girth. I have the girth. Oh, I um, I manage that. Speaking solely of your penis. Check that off my bucket list. But uh, yeah, we'll come. Then we'll come back quickly with our top five each, which will make top ten. We'll be right back. We had a comrade, a brave comrade, he could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero, tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's greyhound racing, steeplechasing. We're back. Uh, I will tell you that the one I thought of uh, just now, this is Spinal Tap. Probably should have been on my list, except I just thought of it, so it is not. Uh, and I will tell you, whatever my number six was was a lie, because I don't like any of my number sixes, even though I like all my number sixes a lot. So let's number say six... your number six was this is Spinal Tap. Nope. 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 Well, okay. All it's... right. On my list with all the others that I don't want on my list because I just can't decide what I want to be number six because it's the six 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 number of Satan. I do love Miss, this is Spinal Tap. That was one of the first movies I ever saw on video. I do love uh, Satan. So he loves you. Uh, the guy, the guy lives down at the garage. Satan. Mm-hmm. It's not his real name. And it's not pronounced Satan. It's pronounced Satan. Yeah. Number five. Yes. Should I go? It's your turn, sir. Uh, great movie, Midnight Run. Oh fuck! I forgot about that one. That that is a great movie. Oh, I'm, I am on board with that. It's it's if you haven't seen it, you should. It's Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin. It's a kind of a it's it's kind of a travel movie, but it's it's a bounty hunter who get catches a he's not a criminal, he's a witness. And he has to deliver him for a case and has all kinds of great character actors that when you see him, you're like, oh, it's great to see him. And it's very, very good. Yes. Yafet Koto is in it. Um, Charles Grodin's fucking hilarious. Robert De Niro, his first turn at being hilarious. Oh, not first. He's, uh, I guess. You can't count King of Comedy. I do. Uh, <laughs> that's just more pathetic. But uh, yeah, no. Th- and this also, I feel like, set a blueprint for these kind of like these fish out of water buddy movies Mm -hmm. um, that hasn't really been, none of them have really equaled this, but it was like, Oh, it's uh, hard to equal this, but yeah, I, I I like that. It's, it started this kind of thing there. I mean, I guess any kind of bounty hunter movie, you have to go back to the, Oh no. Anyway. Yes. That's a great movie. Yeah. uh, I got three words for you. Shut the fuck up. No, two words for you. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. I guess this conversation's over. 
Oh, I, was, I was quoting the film. Oh, I saw it on TV, so they, they say such shut the fudge up, so I wasn't really sure. Oh, sorry. Oh, did they actually say fudge? I'm, I'm, I remember watching... I have no idea. <laughs> speaking of 80s movies, I remember watching... Uh, I can't even imagine they would show Midnight Run on, on regular TV. They oh, have I'm, to cut so much out. I'm positive they showed it on cable, but I, 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 I watched it on video. So it yeah, like on network, almost every other word is a cuss word, <laughs> which is another great thing about it. Um, but speaking of 80s movies, I remember Fletch. That probably had the funniest uh, all-time cable or, or network TV edit for Ass Face, which was Owl Face. <laughs> made no sense my number five is uh mystery train by jim jarmusch which i saw i didn't know who jim jarmusch was i saw solely because joe strummer of the clash was in it and uh i loved it i it was like the first movie i saw like this with like this really deliberate pacing that jim jarmusch kind of has in in all his stuff mm-hmm. and uh it just felt like kind of otherworldly in a way it was it was a surprise to me um it wasn't what i expected but i ended up loving it and uh young steve buscemi's in it and of course uh screaming jay hawkins as a bellhop or a a night manager at a hotel who's hilarious and it's just kind of some like interconnected tales of people uh in memphis and elvis's ghost pops up but it's not nearly as weird as that sounds uh no jim jarmusch i haven't seen mystery train but he does have the ability to have weird sounding stuff make sense in his films yeah which it totally like you're never like taken out of it like oh this is bizarre Mm -hmm. so yeah mystery train number five for me i think that's a great choice i love jim jarmusch i just wonder what he's up to maybe nothing he's working on a documentary of the stooges not the three stooges but the iggy pop band I would rather he do a film that's not a documentary. Oh yeah, yeah, me too. He hasn't. Done, well, he did do that vampire one. A oh, I didn't see years that. Ago, oh, he does have something. He has something coming with uh, Adam Driver, so that's nice. Oh yeah. It's called. Thank Patterson. God, Adam Driver's getting some work. Oh, so only lovers left alive is the vampire film. Oh, it had yeah. Tom Hiddleston. Wow. Um, so mystery train was your number five. I'll do my number four. I think the rest of my list is pretty commercial generic. So good. <laughs> well, be because that's what I left off, but go for any, it. Any surprises? Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yep. That was one of my alternates. Thank God you picked it. It's, it's so good. It's so, such an example of great filmmaking with Spielberg and Lucas working together and doing something great and Harrison Ford being so awesome. People talk about Tom Sock. He was originally cast for the role and he would have been great, but I don't think it would have been even close. I don't think it would have become the classic that it has become. No, I don't think he would have been great. I think Harrison Ford is like iconic and really the only actor who should have done that role. I agree. I, but I have, I've heard people talk about it now and just say that, he could have been just as good. I, not nothing against Tom Selleck. I just don't think he has the same charm and charisma and screen filling presence that that Harrison Ford had for, no, for and, Raiders of Lost Ark. And Raiders of Lost Ark is just perfect action, great story, super memorable parts, terrible special effects at the end, but it's still awesome. Yeah, I, I mean Harrison Ford. I mean that's basically what he does best. That kind of sarcastic. Uh, reticent hero 
role. Mm. I, I can't even picture like Tom. You know, Harrison Ford is a limited actor to a certain extent, but Tom Selleck he really doesn't have that screen presence. No, I don't, and especially for this role. But one of the funny things about Raiders of Lost Ark, I had, I met this woman one time, and uh, she said, you know, anytime I, I give people men advice on how to date, I say just, I tell them just think of what a Indiana Jones would do and do the same thing. Which sounds like really ridiculous dating advice, but it was hers. Wait, dating advice? She said, think of what Indiana Jones would do on a date and do the same thing. Well, so basically, my, my advice is look like Harrison Ford. Yeah, well, that will help you get dates for sure. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, and that was like, that was based on their love of like the old serials mm-hmm. um, from the the forties and probably into the fifties. I don't know how how long those went on, but uh, I don't but, think so. I yeah, guess I think forties. Yeah, was 40s, kind of the end of it. Forties, yeah. Um, speaking of uh, another movie that I loved at the time, um, based on a serial, Flash Gordon from nineteen eighty. Not on my list, but <laughs> I I mean I I saw it on TV much later and. I, it was fun to make fun of, but I didn't really love the movie. Well, I was 10 when it came out. Um, I love music, but not really the movie. My number four is my Martin Scorsese pick, uh, After Hours. Oh, that's a fun Oh, no, I don't think I ever watched that. Never mind. Yeah, Griffin Dunn, Rosanna Arquette. Um, it's basically about a guy who goes out at night um, and cannot seem to get back home. And it's it's not what you would expect from Martin Scorsese. It's kind of a small film and exceptionally weird. Uh, Terry Gars in it as this woman who is in love with the monkeys and <laughs> wears a beehive. Like it's still 1967. Uh, and it's just, it's just like a bizarre kind of almost like Kafka esque story. Um, Cheech and Chong show up in it. I think Terry Gar is someone who is way, way not not remembered well enough because her roles were so small. But she was just fun in everything she was in. First of all, she was gorgeous and she was really, really funny. Her her time on on Letterman, Letterman. and he was always in love so with great. her. Man. Oh yeah, but it, <laughs> I mean, she was just so hilarious, and and she was her acting is so good in the small bit, like the small part she had. She's just she was great and it's i don't think she's remembered well enough no i think but i do think she is like highly respected among like film aficionados and stuff mm-hmm. you know what i mean um ever, i do feel like an ass for starting by saying she was gorgeous so, <laughs> but no but, well she was i mean there's nothing wrong with saying that we said the same thing about harris Ford a minute ago um no but yeah no super talented we we all know that uh what you got for number three? Number three, Back to the Future. Nope, was not one of my alternates. Should have been. Um, fun, fun, fun. Michael J. Fox is awesome. Super great time travel story. And it was great. I, I think time travel in film is not often done well, and it was done well in Back to the Future. They did they did the nostalgia bits like you're supposed to, and they did the science fiction bits like they're supposed to, and the acting is great, and it's funny. And you can't go wrong with Christopher Lloyd in the 80s. Can't go wrong with, oh, I have two of them on, on this list. Well, we don't know about Roger Rabbit. That's kind of on the list and not on the list at the same time. Well, uh, oh, speaking of Christopher Lloyd, sorry, I heard he is in some serious film, a uh, recent film where he plays like a serial killer. 
Really? Yeah, Crazy. which I would be interested to see. Um, yeah, no, Back to the Future. I mean, another, if you think of the 80s, it's one, it's one of, I would say, five or six that you're going to think of. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of them were, the other ones were franchises as well or turned into them. Yeah, no, super fun movie. Um, so on the theater? Oh, me too, yeah. Uh, numerous times, I believe. My number three... I almost hate to do this because it's another John Carpenter one. Uh, mentioned by you, They Live. I know we disagree on this one. I saw it when I saw it. It was a movie that like line was so in line with like what I'd been reading and thinking wait, wait. about culture. What do you mean? I don't hate this movie. Well, we did an episode on it. You didn't think it was all that. I didn't think it was as great as you thought, and I definitely didn't think that fight scene was as awesome as you thought, but I still think it's a fun movie. You mean the best fight scene ever filmed? Yeah, that's the one. Aside from, uh, wait, did you ever see, you got to find it on YouTube if you haven't. I can't remember if we talked about it or not, Um, but Rip Torn fighting Norman Mailer. No. Oh, Oh, holy shit, dude. They were like just at some fucking country estate for the weekend or something. It's ridiculous. It's on YouTube. You've got to find it. Anyway, uh, other than that, this is the best fight. Uh, yeah, it was just like talked about so much of like the cultural studies type shit I had been reading at that time and, and thinking about uh, that it hit me at the at the perfect time. And and uh, it was shocking for a major motion picture, I thought, to be kind of, you know, I, it's debatable how major it was. But yeah, to be uh, <laughs> John Carpenter biting the hand that that feeds you basically um it's a it's a i i don't disagree with anything you said so and it's fun it's not it's not like preachy Mm -hmm. well you know there's elements of that but it's done in a fun way yeah all right number two for you Uh, i think you knew everyone knew this would be on the list empire strikes back of course i left it off specifically because i knew you would pick it it would definitely be on my list it's got to be yeah I don't think there's much you need what to say about, say Star about Wars it. Movie. Yeah. Easily the best Star Wars movie ever for my money. Um, yeah, I can't disagree with that. Come on, man. Ice Planet Hoth, Yoda, Luke getting his hand chopped off, Han Solo getting frozen. Like The shocking reveal of... Well, I don't want to tell. Uh, don't say it. He hasn't seen the movie, but there is a shocking reveal in the movie. And it's not... And the actual line is not what everybody... Uh, quotes it as either what do they quote it as luke i am your father what's the actual line i think it's just i'm your father oh just the luke is that's not as bad as some <laughs> of the lines that are off no i know <laughs> play it again sam yeah play it sam if she can take it i can take it i, know I don't my think she, uh, film I, trivia does i thought it was just like play, play it. it yeah you're it, right there's no sam you play it for her you can play it for me yep great movie we've never done an episode about that one uh, Casablanca or uh, or Empire? Oh, Casablanca. I thought we were talking about Citizen Kane. Oh, I always get those confused. You know, black and white, it's all the same to me. I'm like Michael Jackson. It doesn't matter. Black and white. But if, it, if, if you can't tell the difference between black and white, watching black and white motion pictures must be very difficult for you. It must be like all blank screen. Listen, I, you're listening to a radio play. Uh, it kind of is. And, you know, it's all all the dialogue is like, eh, singy, eh. you know, and the women are doing that. Catherine Hepburn bringing up baby talk. Whatever. I love that accent. 
Wait, was that that was your number two? Ooh, I am, I am like, I cannot imagine what your number one is. And now I'm feeling bad that I left some of these off mine because, holy shit, did are there some I thought you would pick that you haven't done yet? Uh, my number two, no surprise to you probably, airplane. I need to watch Airplane again because I have not watched it in the longest time. But I know it will. I what I really would wish and would love for it to happen is to see it in the theater with with a bunch of people. Because I was thinking how much more fun it is to watch a comedy when you're in a in a theater with a bunch of other people laughing because it makes it just even funnier. It does, and I probably saw this movie in the theater, Jesus, fifteen times. Wow. So, and I wasn't even. Oh no, it was only PG. I was old enough to get in, but. The theater was it? I thought it was R. Nope. Caddyshack was R. Um, this one is PG. Oh, they were Caddyshack. out at the same time. Oh, that's right. I almost replaced. I, Caddyshack's not my number one. I wanted to put that in number six. Number six is all the movies that aren't on my list are number six because Caddyshack was almost number six. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No. Well, it holds up. I watched it. I mean, and I don't know. I don't think it's all nostalgia. It's fucking funny, man. It's got oh, yeah. funny ass lines that yeah. still make me laugh. And I, I think the great thing about Airplane that the Caddyshack even suffers from, that there's no, well, there's that little subplot, the romantic subplot, but it's so short that you don't care. Oh, yeah. With him and Julie Haggerty. Mm-hmm. It's still funny. And you know what is great about Airplane is one of the things that was funny about it at the time is there's all these actors that you don't expect to be in this ridiculous movie. Like uh, Leslie Nielsen wasn't known for that yet. Robert, right, Robert Stack. Stack. Peter Graves. All those people were in it and they're known for serious movies. So it's it's funnier because of where they come from, but that doesn't matter now. People might not recognize it for that, but it's still funny in spite of that. Not recognizing the that part of the funniness. I read recently uh, Zucker Abrams Zucker because, you know, they base it on some 1957 movie, right? It was like a parody right. of that that yeah. nobody really knew. They wanted the plane to be like a propeller plane, just like in that movie. Uh-huh. And I don't know if it was Michael Eisner, whoever was the head of the studio at that time, was like, no, we're going to make it a real plane. And they almost like quit over that except no other studio was willing to bankroll <laughs> it so they gave in uh the right choice i believe not to do a propeller plane uh anyway yeah airplane all right i'm i i actually i honestly have no idea what your number one is going to be so number one is number one for a number of reasons including it's hilarious oh please I... be what i think it is it is. I saw that one of the, the things I love about it is I, I used to go to the movies with my dad every once in a while, and we'd we'd usually see a matinee, and it, it almost every time we picked out a movie that nobody else would go see. I, I can't remember what, what, all of them, but I know we went to see Who's Harry Crumb, which is a hilarious <laughs> John Candy movie that does not hold up. But you know, I'd go to school the next few weeks and nobody heard of the movie nobody saw the movie and that was the case with this movie but it's grown and, and it kind of became a cult favorite years after i saw it so it, it always made me happy that like even though when i first saw it and i talked to kids about it and they would have no idea what i was talking about that it became like this phenomenon that everybody loves now better off dead thank Jeff god Green. yeah uh, i we saw it in the theater based on the commercial and i don't even think this scene is in the actual movie but it was in the commercial where uh, uh, John Cusack tries to jump off of an uh, overpass and he falls into a garbage uh, truck and and uh, Adam Fuller from 21 Jump Street says that's a perfect that's a waste of a perfect good wa- good white boy and I no, thought it's was, in the movie is it yeah. okay I remember <laughs> seeing it in the commercial and thinking it was hilarious and I don't remember if it was in the movie when I saw it in the theater anyway really funny movie and I love 
like I said, I loved it. It, it. I saw it then and it was kind of a, nobody went to see it, but it grew legs and everybody knows. And everybody knows it for the stuff I don't like that much. Like I want my $2, which is stupid, but everything else about it I love. And, uh, uh, well, I think we talked about a little before the only line I don't like is the, look at all this snow. It's pure. It's so dumb. Like that doesn't make any sense, but But it fits with that character being so stupid. Yeah. 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 It's it. And it's dark. I think I, even at that age, I love dark comedy. I mean, it has, it's the whole suicide subplot. It's like Heather's. So I guess I had a, I had a type. Yeah. Uh, uh, This, yeah, this entire list is except for a thin blue line is movies. And I purposely picked it out like this is movies that I loved when I was a kid. So I kind of, yeah, this was, yeah. I knew you were talking about this earlier. So yeah. Well, I'm so glad because I would have had to replace my number one. I think if you didn't pick it, (laughs) um, yeah, better off dead, probably the classic eighties movie for me, but it's, it's so funny how it, it kind of was not known for the longest time. And I feel like it was 10 or 15 years before other people started talking about it. Maybe well, it wasn't that long. I, I saw it in theaters. Who knows why the first time, but mm. then I went back a bunch of times and me and my friends, just my little small group of friends would quote it all the time. Um, but we yeah. did the same thing with a Christmas story, which was also not a big hit at the time. Yeah. It's, it's just weird. I mean, the Christmas story, I didn't have that. Well, no Christmas story. We did that when it was out on video, but it didn't really hit for everybody. It was more like a little kid movie that some kids knew about, but not everybody. But that didn't hit till like cable time where it yeah. became. So it's it's just weird how that happens, and it, it makes me happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. Things I love become huge for everybody. But yeah, so uh, it's 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 funny to how we both had that. Cause do you think it had widespread appeal, or am I just maybe? No, maybe it was it was nothing culturally okay. at the time okay. yeah it's kind of like i mean this didn't change from it's nothing culturally still but kind of like get a life we both happened to like that but most people didn't right yeah no i think it was the same thing yeah we just happened to you catch know, it for whatever reason places and we both caught it yeah yeah um all right my number one uh brazil oh, that's a good one Harry gilliam yeah just because i also saw that in theaters when it came out the first time and it blew my mind um just the ideas and the darkness of that as well. Like that's a really, you know, a dystopian vision. Another Robert De Niro. And yeah, yeah. Well, you don't necessarily expect for him. No. Yeah. A weird role in a supporting role, a small supporting role, really. Jonathan price, Jonathan price. Yeah. A weird uh, person to cast as the hero. Um, although perfect for this movie because he's not really heroic. Um, he just imagines himself as heroic. And uh, we did our top ten. Uh, I don't mean to interrupt. Do you want to say more about Brazil? No, no. Every, just it blew my mind. Um, and you know, it's definitely worth spending your two and a half to three hours on. I've and that reminds me directly of another movie that I don't think I was going to put on my list, but I definitely think of this when I think of eighty movies. Time Bandits. Yeah, another Terry Gilliam. Such a wonderful, wonderful Terry Gilliam. More time travel, more weirdness, and just great. Also on Criterion Collection. Yeah, he was so just visually inventive and, and you know, creative mm-hmm. with his stories as well. I mean, um, there was really nothing like him, and he he didn't have CGI and stuff to rely on back then, and he he still made, like, amazing-looking films. I feel like I should rewatch Time Bandits now because I watched it as a kid and loved it, but I'm sure there's a lot that I missed and didn't understand. Yeah, that I know. I haven't seen it forever, so I would like to. 
right. other other things. So I'll read you my uh, I'll read you my my alternate list. I was better off dead, raising Arizona. Oh, I didn't even think of that. That wasn't. Even, I looked up like best of the '80s, everything Coen Brothers, and I can't believe I didn't think of anything. Like uh, Blood Simple is awesome too, and and um, also on my alternate. Yeah. Isn't uh, there another Coen Brothers '80s? Movie? I don't think in the '80s. Because I think Miller's Crossing was next, which was like 91 or something. Um, although I might be off on the timeline. But I think that was it for them in the 80s. I can't remember now. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Raising Arizona, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yes. I, 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 was, I had that and I forgot to write it down because that would have definitely been in my top 10. Should have been your number six. Wait a minute. I never said my list was all fucked up. I didn't put Ferris Bueller's Day off on my list. Yeah, I was, I was thinking, because you got to, like, if you think 80s, you think John Hughes. I think Planes, Trains is his best, and Ferris Bueller's is number two. Um, Empire Strikes oh, yeah. Back and Raiders oh, were on my list. I would agree that I think most people pick the teen movies that I don't like that much, and I didn't like at the time. But I would pick, I would put Ferris Bueller and, and Planes, Trains at the top of his list, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had Empire Strikes Back, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Caddyshack. Mm-hmm. Uh, say anything? Nope, never saw it. I know you're lying. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I never saw that movie. You haven't either. seen Say Anything? No, it's Holy not shit. my kind of movie. All right, we're get, we're gonna do Say Anything versus something. It has to be something modern. Another romantic romantic comedy from the 2000s. Yeah, no, I'm down with that. How about what? Or we could do we could do go the other way and we could uh, do uh, horror. Shop around no no shop around the corner versus say anything. What is shop around the corner? Oh, go backwards, yeah. Yeah. Well, I th- what what's that one that everybody loves that like had everybody in it that romantic comedy? I can't think of the fucking name of it. I've never really seen it. British... Valentine's Day by Gary Marshall. No, it's like it's like British. <laughs> R.I.P. It's got a. By the way, I, I don't mean to interrupt you. I think you're talking about Love Actually, but I, I don't am, mean yeah. to interrupt you. But I I didn't watch all the Emmys. I enjoyed watching the people giving speeches, but and one or two things Jimmy Kimmel said made me kind of snicker. But overall, I think he's a terrible, terrible Emmys host. Yeah, he and was I, awful, and I knew he would be. I, like, I'm not a huge fan of his to begin with. I I, w- I wouldn't have expected to dislike him so much for his cruelty. It, yeah, I. I wasn't down with that either. Yeah, no. didn't care for the Bill Cosby joke. I didn't think it. I didn't think making a joke about a rapist was funny in any way, what whatsoever. No, it was fucked up, and it was also just like, just to see the audience react. Like it was stupid. The whole sandwich thing giving out was. And there's another cruel joke I don't remember. I just didn't care for anything, and it, it just made me think about the the previous year, where uh, oh, what's his name. Wait, who, wait uh, Scott Ackerman wrote it by who was the host? Oh, it was uh, Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg. And that was excellent. I laughed all the way through it. I actually wanted to watch it. With, with Kimmel, I didn't want to watch it. So, yeah. Well, yeah. we DVR'd it, so we fast-forwarded through a lot of shit anyway. But yeah, no, he was no, he was mean. And I yeah, I didn't care for his humor. Uh, although Tatiana Maslany won. So. Yeah, I didn't find out till the next day. Um, very excited about that. All right, here, let me just power through my whole list again. All right, better off Sorry. dead. Raising Arizona, plane trains, wait, automobiles. Wait, you don't have to say them again. Empire Strikes Back, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Caddyshack, Say Anything, Blood Simple, Blue Velvet, and Broadcast News. Oh, that's it. I thought you had a whole longer list. Oh, no, no, I just had 10 alternates. 
Bro- Bro- broadcast news was was almost on my list. Let me go through the ones I didn't mention. Princess Bride was was on my list for a little bit, on my top ten list, and I took it off for Who Framed Roger Rabbit for no good reason, which was replaced by Tape Pets for no good reason, which was then replaced by This Is Spinal Tap for no good reason, and then finally was re- fully replaced by Caddyshack for no good reason. Anyway, Princess Bride is is awesome. I don't care how many bad things you say about it. I don't know why you think I I don't say bad things about it. I like Princess Bride. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. We already mentioned uh, Die Hard and Lethal Weapon. Die Hard is probably it has to be one of the best action movies ever made, and it, it's it's action wise it's great, but also Bruce Willis is funny in it. It has great little like side funny funny bits. Lethal Weapon, the the series that it spawned, none of them were nearly as good as the original. The original is a good action movie with some heart, like and yeah, it's it's great. And we're going to be talking about the TV show. At some point. Soon enough. I haven't Amazon, watched it yet, but I recorded it. Amazon Women on the Moon. Just because oh, yeah. it's so 80s and so stupid. And it's, I don't think anyone saw that. In, well, maybe you did. but oh, I, I saw it in. I saw it on, on cable. I, well, I think on cable or video is where that movie was meant to be watched and watched over and over again when you were 14. Untouchables. Uh, I know people love to diss Kevin Costner and for good reason, but he is great in the untouchables and untouchables is perfect at what it's going for. It's Robert De Niro in the role where he's just there to make money, but he does it in a very good way and a great little Sean Connery part. Well, and Kevin Costner, like that's the perfect role for him. Yes. Yes. Uh, Coming to America. Hilarious. Eddie Murphy movie, probably one of the best Eddie Murphy movies that, that are like after his, like, I think, the earlier movies are better, but I, it's the best one after he's famous. I think I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, I guess it, he's no, it does. Old, but after he's he's hit it big. Really I, coming I, coming to America for you? I I would have I almost went Trading Places. Trading Places I think might is funny too, but I like I think the reason I bring up Coming to America is because it's more like it's his movie. I think yeah, he had a lot yeah. more to do with. I don't know if he wrote it, but I think he had more to do with helping write it. And he had those characters in the barbershop. Uh, Trading Places is a great movie, but it's not really an Eddie Murphy movie. And uh, Trading Places could easily have been on this list too, but it's not. Uh, Aliens. I've, or, uh, actually, yeah, Aliens, because Alien is, is in the 70s. And uh, any of the – Stand By Me, also on my alternate list. Uh, one of the first times Stephen King was put to film in a good way and has Will Wheaton and River Phoenix and it's – Corey Feldman and Jerry O'Connell and just funny bit, little bit parts and definitely another eighties, eighties movies. But I think it holds up again because it's a period piece. And uh, what was the last thing I wanted to mention? It's not, on, it's not written down. So I forget. Damn it. Oh, well, I guess it's lost forever. Yeah. Stand by me was another one. Uh, almost. Yeah. The only, well, people love Shawshank redemption, which is fine. But for me, the best uh, Stephen King adaptation. In fact, those are the only two good Stephen King adaptations. I would say. Green Mile's not terrible. I haven't seen it, so I, yeah, I can't speak on that. But uh, yeah. but yeah. no, this is fun to put put this list together, even though we had to go down to 10. And, yeah, and surprising how many good movies there were in the 80s. Yeah, um, I think they did a good, like, I don't know your feelings about Lethal Weapon, but even action movies, I think they did a better job sometimes. I mean, some there's action movies coming out now that are good, too. It's yeah, just, and, and Die Hard was like really good. And, and that was back before Bruce Willis, Willis started taking himself seriously. So he was like having fun with it. Like right. you said, um, lethal weapon. I loved at the time. I don't remember very well. Um, so I couldn't, I couldn't say, but I'm, I'm sure it holds up. Like I'm sure it's I think, fun. 
I think it, oh, it's fun, but I, I, I also think that they have a darkness to it that works, that they screwed up. In the, I mean, that was like one of oh, the first. Well, he was going to kill himself, right? Because his, yeah. his wife. and Yeah. yeah, yeah. So when I, I watched that when I was, I, I don't know, when Lethal Weapon came out, I would say 84, something like that. So I'm 10 or 11 years old watching that. And then Lethal Weapon 2 comes out and I have all these criticisms for it. As the, I think that was the first movie that I was aware of, like having a critique, like <laughs> understanding what is good and what's what's bad and i don't really understand it that well but well enough uh and uh and i mean lethal weapon 2 is probably an enjoyable action movie but it was like they ruined the what the character is supposed to be from they went from like the suicidal interesting character to a like this just a psychopath and it just wasn't it didn't work as well right but yeah so yeah 80s had did a good job on on i think they have there's great cult movies like you mentioned but i think they're their mass appeal movies were were really good. I think the movies that made a lot of money were actually good movies a lot of the time. Yeah. No, it definitely, like, you can see the difference from then to now. I mean, a lot of the stuff that kind of started in the 80s uh, has continued um, into movies now, but I, I think there was more of a kind of purity to it back then, if that's a way of putting it. Yeah, I don't, I feel like, I maybe what you're saying is they did something because they liked it then and now they're doing it because they think it'll make money. Right, right, exactly. And kind of yeah, maybe took a little bit of the innocence out of it in a way. Mhm. Yeah. Anyway, um yeah, this was fun and uh Yeah, yeah. I'm glad we each named like 20. Uh, <laughs> Much more than 20, but it was fun. Yeah, I, rec- I, recommendations, Asians, Asians, yeah? Oh, whoa. Oh, okay. sorry. No, no which, that's fine. I'll, no, I'll, I'll, uh, recommendations, I will recommend a couple of things. I'll start with uh, I'll start with one of the new shows this year, if you don't mind. No, I I almost, I know what you're going to say, and I almost picked it, but go ahead. Oh, maybe I'll change it so it won't be what I'm going to No, I'm not going to do it because I got no, something else, but. but uh, there's a couple new shows that are good, but I'm going to stick with the one that you think. Good place. Yep. Uh, so funny, so funny, so well done. It's from Michael Schur, who did uh, worked on The Office, made Parks and Rec, does Brooklyn Nine Nine, and now he's the creator of this. And had, I think, the first episode was written by Drew Goddard and maybe directed by him too, who's famous for, uh, what was the the Cabin in the Woods and other Josh Whedon joints, or I guess that's not a joint, but he's worked with Josh Whedon a little bit. And other things too. Anyway, I think he did the first season of Daredevil. A uh, really funny show with what's uh, Kristen Bell and Ted, Ted Danson, Danson, who does a great job. Up, uh, you know what? It's funny. Ted Danson does do a good job, but I think, and maybe he wouldn't be. But when I see the role, do you remember the episode of Parks and Rec where there's somebody from what's the good town called? There's yeah, there, the other there, town, whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's an architect from the other town who's yeah. like real. He would have been perfect in the role as well, but Ted Danson does a perfect job. Does Wait, a fine job. That architect was he wasn't is he um, Captain Holt's husband on Brooklyn Nine Nine? No. Oh, it's no. a different guy. Okay, yeah, that, the, Captain Holt's husband on Brooklyn Nine Nine is is uh, I forget his name, but he's to me he's most famous for being in the uh, the, the podcast, the old time radio. Nation. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, good places or the good place. Yeah, I didn't want to bring it up because we haven't talked about our, our you know, new fall no, shows episode so yet. But good I had to. Yeah, Mike sure is like the anti Chuck Lorre. I hope he keeps taking over and pushes that kind of shit out. 
What I love about Michael Schur is that he was already inter- internet famous while he was working on The Office for something that had nothing to do with 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 sitcoms or whatever. He was a he he and I forget I don't know who the other guy was, but he and somebody else had this this blog called Fire Joe Morgan where they just talk shit about bad bad sports journalists and bad sports broadcasters, starting with Joe Morgan, who was a terrible ESPN broadcaster who just complained and complained about. Uh, sabermetrics, which is studying the sport using using statistics, and he, he thought people shouldn't do that. But the 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 way they they ran the blog is they would have a column, and then they would break it up into pieces and just rip it apart that way, which is kind of a crappy way to debate, but a hilarious way to make fun of a, a <laughs> any kind of any kind of column, whether it's uh, sports or otherwise. But anyway, that was that blog was pretty popular and pretty famous. And I don't think it was until near the end that they admitted that not admitted, but they came out that they were also sitcom writers for the office and whatever. So. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I didn't even know that. He's a fun guy. He's on Twitter. He's Ken tremendous. Oh, that reminds me. I haven't watched it yet, but I, I'm going to recommend it anyway. My uh, cousin who's more famous for being Ken M has just put a, a YouTube series he wrote. The first episode came out and it's called the gumshoe diaries. So go watch oh, that. Cool. I'll check it out. Um, I think that's about it. All right. I'm going to recommend. No, no, no. Jeez. I want to recommend a novella that I think we should do on this show at some point. Cause novellas are easy to read a uh, story of your life by Ted Chiang that they're, or is it story story of your life or my life? I don't know, dude. You're the one who it's read story it. Of my, it's story of my life by Ted, Ted. I don't know how to pronounce the name. C-H-I-A-N-G, science fiction writer. It's, it's incre- They're making it to a movie called The Arrival, and I can't imagine what the movie's going to be like. But it's an incredible story about uh, aliens have come to Earth, and the, the, the narrator has, has uh, gone to – she's a linguist, and she's gone to learn their language, and it's just about her – learning the language and there's some family stuff and it's just a wonderful story. I think I read that. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. You might've recommended it to me before. Did you just read it? I just read it. Yeah. How the fuck did I come across it? Yeah, I did read it. It's, it's older. It's, it's, but yeah, it's, I don't want to spoil it too much, but the, it's, it, it goes really deep into linguistics theory in interesting ways. And, and uh, it's, it's great. So yes, that's my second or third recommendation. I think and I, yeah, I read that free on the internet. I think. Yeah, there's a. Uh, I think at some point they might have taken it down now because the movie. But yeah, it was available at some point. Um, all right. Well, I'll recommend a book. Uh, another surprise. It's about music again. It's called "Music: What Happened" by Scott Miller, who was in this '80s band called Game Theory. Uh, who I really like, and he's a surprisingly good writer. It's basically just um, lists of songs from each year from, like, 1956 onward, and he just writes a little about the song, so, you know, I love that kind of shit. And he's a really good writer, um, which I wouldn't have necessarily expected. Uh, and I will also recommend... I can't... Re- I'm hoping I didn't recommend this already. I don't think I did. Rectify which is on Netflix. Uh, it's a Sundance show. It's really slow-paced and pretty depressing, but uh, still still worthwhile, I think, in the end. And the first season's only like six episodes or something, so you'll know by then. What else are you going to do with your life? And that's it for me. 
I finished the zombie. No, not zombie. The the show about Washington D.C. that has aliens. Oh, Brain dead. Brain dead. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking. You said she's on the next episode, uh, next season of Fargo too, so that'll be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and no, no, uh, we you know we shared like the uh, fall TV premieres. No listing for iZombie, and I heard it was only going to be six episodes. So. Oh, I didn't know it was so short, but yeah, it's not starting till the winter. So, yeah, that kind of sucks. Like, I feel like uh, Rob Thomas does not have luck getting past a third season with anything. Yeah, that's true. I, uh, they're, they're, I don't, CW, I think, starts later than the other, the other networks. Yeah, they're starting some, I think. Are they? Next week, I, but I can't Oh, next remember. week, okay. Because yeah. I, I didn't see anything about that Riverdale show, and I checked all the Flash and all those shows, and they haven't started yet. But yeah, I'm looking forward to. Uh, there's something. There's something a new show. We'll, we'll talk about more in the fall premiere episode. But there's an, another one uh, uh, in addition to the the good place that I liked a lot. But I can't remember what it is at this moment. Oh, there's no, one that you're not. It. There's no. I'm not going to say it. But there's one you didn't like, but uh, that you won't like that I liked a lot. But we'll talk about it. Oh really? Because I've only watched two so far because I've been like sick and sleeping a lot um there's reasons you won't like this one it's yeah, not... there's there's one i absolutely hated and then the other one was the good place so all right uh, oh wait there is one <laughs> I, I, you might be talking about this well no i what can't I'm imagine about, what i'm talking about that you won't like is is not something you'd hate but there is one that i've watched that i hated so much that i can't understand how it got on tv and we will talk about it during the fall preview yeah. episode Mm, do the spiel. Okay, uh, write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com. Uh, like us on Facebook, or follow us on Facebook, and like us on Facebook. Do whatever you want to us on Facebook. Poke us. Uh, rate us on highly on iTunes. You don't have to write a review, but you can if you would like. And tell your stinky friends. And I've started to love Twitter, so maybe I'll switch over to the Pop Culture Continuum Twitter and say more things than... This episode is available. Yeah, good. I have no, I have no desire to be on Twitter, but yeah, do it. I like Twitter. <laughs> Yelling into a tornado. I know, but still. All right, uh, that does it then for this week. Uh, everybody, enjoy your week. Uh, try to get through it without dying. And until next time, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.